we would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where, well, society has fallen. The world is going to pretty much hell in a handbasket, and we are venturing out to the wild unknowns to gather water, rice, and some canned food, and hopefully survive the horde of zombies that are attacking us. That's right. We're going to be talking about Zombicide. If you don't know what that is, you have been living under a rock and have not listened to our show because I can't tell you the number of times Krebs has talked about Zombicide. I swear. It's Wait, Krebs like Zombicide? I know. Hey, hold up weird. a second. What's Zombicide? I know. It's this weird thing. He always randomly spits out like Tourette syndrome, Zombicide or Kroll. One of those two. They That's just true. keep coming out of his mouth. That's so true. we're talking about Zombicide, not Kroll. That could be another show. Still happy? So, Still thrilled? Yes, yes. So, uh, you know, this this last weekend, uh, Alton got to, to play the game as well. So uh, we have all officially played the game. We have all faced the fury that is uh, a horde of zombies running down the road at you while you're trying to find canned food and it doesn't show up and you just keep finding weapons that you throw away. But that's okay. It's okay. So with that said, I think we're going to turn this over to Krebs because this is his most beloved game ever. And he has more game components of this game than probably anyone else of us. I definitely know more than me. And uh, take it away. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for talking about this topic tonight because, man, oh, man, do I love me some Zombicide. In fact, I remember when I was first introduced to it, there was a, I was teaching at the college and there was a student who was closer to my age, and he was like, Krebs, there's this game called Zombicide. You have to play it. And he tried to get me to play that game for months. And every time I was like, oh, yeah, man, we should set up a time. We should set up a time. Never set up a time. And we never, and even when he set up a time, I'm like, eh, tonight's not a good night. And, and I blew it off, and I didn't, I didn't really give it a go until one night it was his birthday, and I'm like, okay, I, I have to make good on this. I have to make good. So I go to his house, and there he is, with his friends who introduced him and his friends had done the Kickstarter for the first season of Zombicide, the very first core set. And we sit down to play and my brothers and all my dungeon crawlers playing that game changed my game in life. It was so fantastic. So amazing. All right. So that's how I got introduced to it. And you guys have played it probably because I pressured you you know, peer pressure, it's a good thing sometimes. Uh, probably because I pressured you to play it. Uh, this game that we just had uh, over the weekend was Alton's very first foray into Zombicide. And, and so he, he broke the freaking game. And he, and yeah. he, and as is true of any <laughs> consummate game designer, which Alton truly is, he broke the game instantly. And it was beautiful to behold. And Dan has played both first edition and second edition. To be clear, Alton has only played second edition so far. So mm -hmm. I want to ask you guys questions about your impressions, your first experiences, what you liked about it, what you didn't, all that stuff. Dan, let's start with you. And let's start with first edition. So you played first edition actually not that long ago. Tell us about that. Well, I mean, I, I, my first experience with it was at Gen Con several years ago, but it was like, eh, it's a zombie game. Um, this is okay. You know, when you're playing it at, at Gen Con, sometimes it's it's great because sometimes you get a really good, you get to sit down and actually 
delve into the game and play it. Other times they're just doing a quick kind of run through mm-hmm. just to kind of turn the bodies through and you don't really get to experience the game. That's for those, what happened to me. For those who don't know, what's Gen Con? Oh, that's right. Gen Con. So Gen Con is a big gaming convention that happens uh, generally the end of July or 1st of, of August that happens in, in Indianapolis. It's huge. Like every board and game, board game, card game, role-playing uh, game designers and companies are there. That's where they kind of release the games and you can get them in advance or early. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's awesome. It's, it, yeah, it's four days straight of gaming. There is always a game going on somewhere. Uh, if you haven't ch- done it, you really should. It's amazing. Um, just imagine like a Comic-Con, but it's all games, all games. Um, so yeah, so that was my first experience with it. It you know, so I'm like, this is kind of an okay game, but I didn't really have a lot of fun. Um, roll that back a few years later. Uh, I played it off and on with a few other friends, but I really didn't catch the enjoyment of the game until uh, I played a few weeks back. Uh, they were doing kind of a going away part party for Krebs, his previous employer. Hey yo, and. Uh, there was a guy that was running it and I think that's what made it really click for me. The guy that was running it. Cause he, you know, you know, Krebs like, Oh, he's a great storyteller. You'll love it. I, we died. We totally died, but he ma- made it lots of fun. And it was just, it's like a zombie movie. You have moments of intense stress and like, Oh my gosh, we're going to die. We're going to die. And somehow you make it through. And then you know, things are going really great and you're feeling really confident and then you turn a corner and there's a horde of zombies. And yeah, uh, so it has that. That's the thing I like about the game is even though it's a, a typical board game, there's so much randomness to it that even though you think you've got it all, you've got it figured out, you're going to win the, the, the game. No, you know, you kick a door open and a ton of zombies show up and yeah and the spawn zones keep pumping out more stuff because you're you know you're leveling up and things are getting tougher and more difficult and then of course you're playing sometimes you play with people that aren't the greatest tacticians (laughs) yeah i'll leave it at that (laughs) so elton i'm not that bad of a tactician no 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 no. it has nothing no the game that i played at you know previous employer there was a guy that was playing with this that seriously was just like, you know, we're like, okay, because we had to get food. We needed to get three items of food. That was it. And of course the deck wasn't throwing out food. It was like, you know, we'd search, oh, you find a pistol. I don't need another pistol. You throw it away. Search. Oh, you find, I mean, we didn't even get a flashlight. So, I mean, you find a machete. I don't need another freaking machete. I mean, that's just how it was. Uh, and, you know, this other guy is like, you know, we're, we're trying to stay together because when you can stay together, you can kind of do well. And so there's this one point, there's this horde of zombies over there. And he's like, hey, because, you know, there's the specialty chest where you can get specialty weapons. And he's like, I'm going to go get that specialty weapon. I'm like, no, 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 wait, we'll go over with you. He's like, no, I'm going to do it. And of course, he's the last person of the turn. And so he goes and does that and yeah and it's next to a spawn point you know this there's a spawn point the door is open needless to say um 
there's a bunch of walkers there. We, you know, there's the other spawn points. The guy flips it over, pulls out the rest of the walkers. There's no more walkers. <laughs> and the next three spawn points activate walkers. There, there's walkers. So the walkers kept getting extra activations and they just obliterated the guy. Oh my gosh. And we're just like, so, all right, we're screwed. <laughs> so two pieces of context for people who have not yet played this game. The first is this is a cooperative game in which yes. if anyone dies, the game ends. Well, not always. Well, not always. It depends on the scenario. But this was a scenario that if, um, and this one wasn't a scenario that if someone dies, game over. So that was, so we kept playing, but yeah, it just, he was our heavy hitter pretty much. Cause I mean, we were doing okay, but he had the heavy weapons yeah. and yeah. Second piece of context. This is a game that has beautiful miniatures and oh, yeah. tons of them. Um, but the, and you can't the, still run out of them, even though there's tons of them. That's precisely. True. And the game specifically has rules that says if you run out of miniatures, instead of placing more zombies, all of the zombies on the board get to take an extra turn. All the zombies of, all that, the zombies type. of that type. Of that type, mm -hmm. yeah. And so it just you don't want you need to be doing this type of zone management and resource management while you're running around and trying to collaborate towards the objective because if you let it get out of hand it will bowl you over well absolutely not only that just realize you know uh zombies pretty much auto hit it's it's not a wow you can duck and weave and make a defense no if they're mm -hmm. in your zone you know they get you know the walkers get one action and if they're all in the same square as you and they activate again they all auto hit. There was 15 walkers in this room with this guy. And for context, players in the first edition have two points of life. You have two hits. The first hit, you, you take a wound, which takes up a slot of your inventory, but the second hit, you die. And so if you've got 15 zombies that are activating simultaneously, you toast. Yeah, and he didn't have slippery. So the only, if, for him to escape... If he somehow survived, he'd have to have uh, 16 actions, which, of course, he doesn't. Yeah. The most you can have is four. So, so the point here is that you have someone who's not looking very far forward, and they're not playing cooperatively. They're playing very singularly yeah. because that's probably how they're used to playing, right? But yeah. that's the beauty of Zombicide. The cooperative aspect of the game is not just at the core of how the game is played. It's at the core of how you survive. Yeah. It's, how you, it's how you actually get to the finish line of your scenario. I wanna, I wanna pass the torch over to Alton for a second. Now, Alton has only played second edition where they made improvements in my opinion over first edition. We're gonna to get to that topic momentarily, but Alton, this was your first time playing Zombicide. You've heard me go on and on about Zombicide. You've even heard me give you apparently hollow promises about bringing it to your store and giving demonstrations and things like that. That's a long story, folks. We'll talk about that some other day, but it was, Alton. It was five years ago, Krebs. It was five years ago. Yeah. And you know what? I'm still willing. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so second edition. Okay. So you sit down. Uh, tell us about first impressions. What was your first impression of the game as we're doing setup, as we're getting uh, underway, all that stuff. First impressions. Yeah. So um Zombicide for me, the very first impression that I got as I sat down at the table is that it takes a lot of the best elements of dungeon crawl style games in which you have modular tiles that let you set up the game board in a million different ways, depending on the scenario that you need. 
Um, but the way that they are set up relative to each other is going to create a lot of deep texture. At the same time, I'm seeing mounds of miniatures on the table and only a few uh, dice, relatively speaking. Uh, you know, six dice is the most that you're really going to be rolling most of the time. Um, and that, to me, the, the game designer, game analysis part of my brain says, okay, so this is a game that gives you many choices, but few, few options, few things that you have to keep track of. And that, to me, is a golden zone. That's right where you want to be, because that means that you're not going to be overwhelming everybody at the table with a ton of deep and complicated mechanics. Now, there are games that lend themselves selves well to that type of deep complexity. There are many Euro games that I do enjoy specifically because there are so many unique little gadgets and gizmos that interact with each other on a mechanical level and keeping track of them is part of the fun. But in terms of a zombie apocalypse where the theme needs to be, we are scavenging, we are getting by, we are learning new skills, yes, but it should always be on the precipice of failure. It should not, in my opinion, try to utilize that overcomplication. You're not managing a nuclear reactor or a water system, right? You're trying to stay alive and maybe do one or two things along the way. And so sitting down at the table, I got many of the same feelings uh, that I start to, or I started to get some of the same feelings that I get when I play Twilight Imperium. That should be a compliment. That's a huge compliment. Huge. Um, I still prefer Twilight Imperium to this game for my personal brand of crunch. Sure, sure. Um, but I liked being able to sit down and see well-themed, beautifully executed miniatures and tiles that were illustrated cohesively that clearly lent to the ambiance of the game. And as soon as we sat down and I have my little tray in front of me, it's okay, everybody's gonna get a, get a starting weapon. You have your starting character card. There's a limited number of abilities. And at the beginning, you only have this one ability. So you're not having to keep track of a ton of things, but as you go on, you're going to be leveling up. As you level up, the threat level on the board also increases, not just for you, for everybody. So that establishes from the beginning to me, okay, I need to be coordinating with the people around me to make sure that nobody's just skyrocketing ahead before everybody has a chance to get close to leveling up. Um, and then we start to get into the mechanics of looting rooms. Beautifully, beautifully executed. Um, once per turn, you can search an indoor room, just trying to find something and you draw a card from the top of a deck. Sometimes it's what you want. Sometimes it's another useless shot, sawed off shotgun, right? And at the beginning, it feels really good as a low level player because almost everything that you turn up becomes useful. But there's a finite number of inventory slots, which means that you hit a critical point where all of a sudden, finding common items is no longer helping your situation, but they've done a witty thing, at least with the scenarios that we played, of making sure that pieces of required kit to complete the scenario were also hidden in that same deck, which rewards me as a brand new player to remember the mechanic because I'm getting cool things that I want, and then it starts to build that sense of urgency because we're halfway through the deck. We've only got one piece of food. We need six. 
and zombies are continuing to spawn. By this point, everybody's leveling up, so now they're big, bad, evil, and coming to get us. That's right. That felt real nice. Now, we actually played two different scenarios. One, uh, Zombicide, if, if it's not clear, and we've talked about this a little bit already, but I'm just going to restate it. Zombicide is a modular, scenario-driven, cooperative game. And so every time you play, you choose the scenario that you want. It also opens the door for you to craft custom scenarios and so on. The first scenario that we played was played on a two by two tile board. So you have four tiles on the table and our job was to shut down the uh, other two non-primary spawn points and then destroy the primary spawn point. Once we did that, we won the scenario and it was labeled as a hard but short scenario. We ended up tearing through that pretty rapidly and it did not feel like calling it a hard scenario was accurate. It was probably more like a medium, right? At least the way that we played it. And, and maybe it was just because we chose a great uh, set of characters that had synergy between them. But, but then we played a second scenario and the second scenario was on a two by three board. So you have six tiles and we had to search the interior areas. You can't search streets. You had to search the interior areas looking for food in the equipment deck. The equipment deck has weapons, obviously. It also has uh, buffs or supportive items. And then it has food items. We needed to find six food items. We had five players. We needed six food items. Then we had to hop in the cars that were in the scenario and drive them to the exit. So the first scenario, we absolutely burned through. But then we hit the second scenario. And the second scenario took much longer. And it was a very different story by the end. So that said, that just sort of like sets up the unpredictability of this game, which I love. Uh, let's go back to Dan for a second. So Dan, uh, you know, every, every character, every character has a set of skills. Every character starts off with an automatic skill. And then as you level up, you get to unlock other skills. Uh, what were skills that you experienced that you really liked? And were there any skills that uh, you weren't so happy about? Well, I think every character has their own set of skills and each game, I mean, every game's different uh, with what skills you want to, to take and, you, you know, maneuver. You know, I I've really have enjoyed, you know, the slippery skills. Slippery comes in very handy. Um, but as well as, as, well can you, as webbing. Can Web you give does. us a brief description of those two skills, slippery so, and webbing? So slippery allows you, so as I've said earlier, you know, when I mentioned escape a room or a space with zombies in it, you have to have it's one action plus the number of zombies in that space. If there's two zombies, you need to have three actions. In the very beginning of the game, you only have three actions, uh, move actions. Uh, well, actions, but move actions are what help you get out. Uh, you can get a fourth or a fifth. Um, but with slippery, it doesn't matter. You can get out of that with no issue. So that's that becomes really handy. Um, the webbing ability allows you because uh, you only have two active hands, and if you want to use another thing, you know, something in your backpack, you got to swap that out. But you can stick everything to your body pretty much, you know, or you can be crazy like Alton and just stick everything to your the side of your head, <laughs> uh, whether it's machetes or machine guns. Uh, <laughs> So that's really cool. Um, 
Well, a couple others that I really like, uh, you know, ambidextrous. I think that's a great ability because that allows you to dual wield anything. Um, you know, there's nothing like dual wielding chainsaws. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Ten dice, mm-hmm. you're gonna hit something. Uh, but <laughs> it takes so you know that's a that's a that's a red skill. So I mean, you have to really grind through some zombies to get up there. Unless you're Alton, then it's just like like last Tuesday. Um. <laughs> I feel like you've now dangled it out there and I got to defend myself. Heck yes. Heck yes. Please, Elton, take it up. So here's the thing. We sat down at the beginning of the night. Krebs had pulled out a stack of like 10 or 12 characters out of the 100 plus that he has. Yes. And said, you know, I think these will be these will make the most sense for the scenarios that we're doing tonight. Go ahead and rifle through and pick the one that you want. And one of the guys uh started with a special ability in which when you throw a Molotov cocktail, which is normally an item that you have to discard to use. And destroys everything. Destroys everything in a single square. Um, You can roll a die and on a four or greater, so 50% chance, it goes back into your inventory after it's been used, which is pretty nifty. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. In the first scenario, I didn't end up getting a Molotov cocktail and we blazed through it so quickly. No pun. Primarily because of good RNG, but also combined with having five people at the table who were all gamers that, you know, get the strategy and understood what was going on and we were playing cooperatively. So we got through it just fine. So we pulled out a second scenario and as we started to go through, I was like, my only objective is I'm going to get molotov cocktails and that's going to be my thing i'm going to level my guy up as high as i can so that i can maximize this skill so i end up with a weapon called the president's golf club and by the way this game is full of puns and pop culture references and jokes it's yes it is um and it lets me score a whole bunch of early hits to be able to level up my character Everybody else is doing more or less all right as well, but I'm able to get to red very quickly. And because of that, I pick up a whole bunch of additional skills. For context, to get to red, you have to get 43 experience. You get one experience for every uh, zombie type with the exception of the abomination, an incredibly difficult thing to kill, which gives you five experience. So Alton had some sort of combination of lots of zombies, possibly some red objectives that you can pick up for bonus experience to hit 43. And then he kept Mm -hmm. going because the game has a system that allows you to go back to the start of your experience and go through again, unlocking more skills. But at this point, in addition to have already picked up four new skills and resetting my board and starting to go through a second time, I also found a Molotov cocktail which I have a 50% chance of picking back up and being able to use again. And recognized that on this particular map, the spawn points were equidistant from a central point. So as long as I continued to make enough noise there, all of the zombies would path to that central point and for the most part, arrive at the same time. Meaning that I could kill them all at once with a single action. Deluge of experience. Yeah, so at that point, I start racking up experience like mad, and I leveled up enough that I picked up every single ability except for one before the game ended, and I was only like eight experience points away from getting it. Um, but be, but because I was picking up all of these extra skills, the mathematics side of things made, okay, I can start to balance out and prioritize what I need to do. 
So I've got a Molotov cocktail in each hand. I've got my golf club on my back and I've got uh, two machetes webbed to the side of my head. No, wait a minute. Well, let's clarify. You didn't have a golf club. You had the presidential golf yes. club. Yes, <laughs> excuse me. I had the entire presidential golf club strapped to my back. Special weapon. Special weapon. Fantastic early loot. Um, uh, but because of that, I was able to just sit there and I started picking up things like bonus range and free attacks and all kinds of stuff. And so by the end of the game, I was able to sit in one spot, throw a Molotov cocktail. I have a 50% chance of picking it back up for free. I got a backup Molotov cocktail just in case that one ran out and it just started going nuts. And so everybody got to sit there and loot for food the rest of the game. It was fantastic. <laughs> yes, yes, it was broken, but... As we've talked about on the show before, I think that there is a huge difference between having something that is overpowered and having something that is in uh, something with which you cannot compete any other way, right? Having uh, uh, characters or weapons or abilities that are really strong that can add a lot of texture to the game is a yes. good thing. And in this Absolutely. case, it felt real nice to be me. No, it I mean did. We're making fun of this, but no, I mean, honestly, it was, it definitely came down to chance. You were, he was just rolling really well so that he kept getting the Molotov showing back up. But if the dice were against him, it wouldn't have been this way, but it's, it, it is fun to tease. Uh, it was a great game. It was tons of fun. Uh, we, there were several points where it's like, oh, okay, we, uh, it, it kind of, you know, the zombies thinned out, like, uh, you know, Krebs wife was playing and between Alton and her, you just wiped out everything out on the board and they're like, okay, we're, we're safe. And then they hold back right up. Um, it was crazy. Absolutely. Uh, but it was, it was definitely fun. Now we've gone into details about our specific scenarios, but I want to pull the camera back a little ways. And I want to talk about the game in terms of its mechanics, its design, its merits, its shortcomings. Alton kind of hit on this a little bit earlier when he was talking about first impressions, but let's see if we can kind of categorize some of this. First, uh, let's go with the low hanging fruit, aesthetic, art, and design. Uh, Alton already kind of gave his opinion on this one. I think that it would be really easy for him to sum it up really fast right now. Alton, go ahead. Uh, let's let's and let's try to get some scores. Let's see what would, what would, what would be a good scale here. Are we going to go like one to five, one to ten, or zero to five, it, zero to ten? Shouldn't it be out of thirteen since it's zombies? <laughs> I like it. Out of thirteen, here we go. Out of okay. thirteen. Um, so the uh, aesthetic and art direction of Zombicide, I would give a solid eleven out of thirteen. Um, I do believe that its biggest strength is its cohesion and the fact that it doesn't take itself too seriously. However, for some players who are looking for a serious, gritty, dark zombie game, this may or may not meet your expectations. Um, you could go through and weed out particular characters or cards or things like that to help make it a grittier, more realistic experience, but I think that you would end up losing some of the charm. Excellent, excellent. Daniel, uh, on a on a range of 13, how would you gauge the art, the aesthetic, the design? 13 is the highest, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I mean, the tiles are really well done. Uh, it, it's very clear. You can see everything. There's small, minute details. Uh, I mean, there's trash on the ground. There's stop signs that are bent over. Uh, some tiles, you know, like first edition, you, there are half open manholes. 
And there's all sorts of little details, like clear down to the smear of blood across the tiles. Uh, I think the tile, you know, those tiles are great. They're fantastic. Not only that, the the miniatures um, are really well done. Uh, I even, I you know, I didn't think second edition could do better, but they, I think they, they honed in the detail on those miniatures even more. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a, we'll say a 12. It's not quite perfect with the 13 because there are a little things here and there, but it's really close in the art and that, you know, even the character cards, there's some really great art on there. Um, and if you have some of the special cards that have a Zombiver, you know, the fact that they're able to keep what looks like your character, but is a zombie pretty dang close. It's fantastic. As well as all the, the specialty characters, you know, like the Big Bang ones and the Danny Trejo one and uh, Chuck Norris and Robin Williams. And I mean, there's just, there's hundreds. I think Krebs probably has like 200 characters, if not more. <laughs> the number just keeps getting bigger every time we mention it. Well, I, I've never sat down and count, but it, it's a giant stack of characters. But I, I'm gonna have to all make the artwork is that. fantastic. And the minute details that they pay attention to. It's like the one that we were talking about. And you, know, and you thought it was uh, Bill Pullman. And we're like, I think this is Robin Williams. And sure enough, it's Mark from Mark. He's got the, the rainbow yep. and he's got the symbols. And, and they go down to the minute details. It's amazing. I usually, But you know, it's not intrusive. Yeah, but it's generally. not intrusive. That's right. There are some exceptions, but generally it's not intrusive. Yeah. Sorry, Krebs, continue. No, no, that, that's okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, gameplay. Let's talk about rules and mechanics versus um, affordances and and uh, physical gameplay, right? Let's try to separate those two. So you've got rules and mechanics, then you've got how do you actually manipulate the game physically. So rules and mechanics... What were your thoughts? Let's start with Dan. Scale uh, of zero to 13. Yeah, I mean, uh, if we're going to go that, I think I'm going to, I'll give it a 12 again. Um, there's some minor things, you know, that could be fine tuned, but I think they've really tuned the mechanics on this to have a lot of fun. It doesn't take long to learn them. It's, you can learn them in a real quick session, if not while someone's explaining it to you. And the mechanics are simple enough that you can easily play for hours. And it's not that difficult at all. Do you feel that second edition is a mechanical improvement upon first edition? Yes, I definitely feel like first edition is. Uh, they took some of the quirks and fine-tuned it. That's why I'm giving it a 12, because uh, second edition definitely fine-tuned that. And you can easily use those same rules back on your first edition. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think that is a tune-up. If I was just solely going off first edition, I'd probably give it a nine. Cool. Um, for me, uh, I would give it an 11 again. Uh, same as art. Uh, still a very, very solid game. Um, and it utilizes heavy RNG correctly, in my opinion. One of my biggest gripes with a very popular game, Talisman, is that it does not know how to manage its own RNG. Um, you know, when you're talking about failure rates as percentages, a 3% failure rate is probably fine, but when you have a thousand cards, that represents a substantially higher number of potential fail scenarios, right? And for most games, that's a bad thing. 
but when you're in the zombie apocalypse and it's meant to be not it's it's still an intense game like if you show up and don't pay attention you will die every single time but it's also it knows what it is and zombicide allows itself to be levitous and overwhelming and off the wall right and i believe that leaning into that heavy amount of rng actually does the game a great service especially because if you have a table of players who understand how to utilize the mechanics to full advantage like we did then you can do a lot to mitigate the rng that is within your control which is a good thing i never felt like it was I'd never felt like there was nothing that I could do, even if the situation, the odds were against me, which is very, very important. Um, In other games, I have definitely run into that problem before. Well, and the other fun thing about the mechanics is even if you die, whether you you lose a scenario or you're one of the unlucky persons that die in a scenario where not everyone has to live, it's still fun. It's part of the theme because... We all know that someone will die or get eaten by zombies, and it's just all part of the fun of the game. It's like, oh man, even though I'm Wanda the roller skating waitress, I got stuck in a room, a sport of zombies attacked me. It's still fun. It's not like, oh man, I just, yep, there it is. I lost the game for us. Everyone's just like, ah, and let's play again. The only other complaint and it's not even really a complaint it's just the kind of i would have liked to have seen something and this also may be because i've only played these two games right i will play many many more games and ask me again in a year and i will probably have a much better grasp on where the mechanics fully are um but i do feel like it's a win more game in which if you pull ahead early you will just stay ahead but it is difficult to catch up if you get too far behind um, at individually at the table. Even if collectively the party is doing well, there may be one or two players who got late to the party and didn't level up enough early on. And then it becomes harder for them to be able to get where they need to go. Um, that can be managed well uh, just within the party dynamic right? The way that everybody's playing the game together, if everybody understands that that's a risk. Um, But I would like to have seen some kind of catch-up mechanic or bonus XP or something um, that would offer an opportunity for players who are seeing a really wide gap to be able to catch up and participate with the rest of the group. I I think they kind of do manage that a little bit better uh, with you know, the red chest, the red chest gives you five XP. Um, Mm -hmm. The biggest hindrance to that, you know, is like, you know, for example, uh, you know, you, you had kept getting the Molotov cocktails. Preb's wife had the sniper rifle with full auto. Um, So she had, you know, it was the combination of the abilities that really let you guys thrive. Whereas Mm -hmm. like my character, you know, as much as I was trying at first, I was searching in that. I just couldn't find some good weapons. Uh, and that really is what hinders a, a player. Um, yeah. You know, for example, when I was playing with my, my son and nephew in that, uh, when I was playing Wanda, 
for the longest time, all I had was a crowbar. I mean, and that's not a great weapon. You know, finally I got the nail bat and then I got swarmed. Um, but I pretty much was just running around, zipping into a building, doing a search and zipping back out, hoping I could find something. But man, Wanda was awesome at finding food, but the scenario didn't care about food, but that's all she was finding. So it, it's, mm. it's kind of the luck of the draw as well as what weapons you have. Um, Absolutely. So, but the next time I play, it could be completely different. You know, I could end up getting some really amazing weapons and, and we're good, good and solid, but it's just fate hates me having Wanda. I've just died. <laughs> well, now, and let, let's talk for a moment about mechanics in terms of game manipulation, how the game is set up. How do you keep track of everything that's going on? Um, you know, the state of your player of your character, I should say. So on a scale of zero to 13, how would you rate the manipulation mechanics of the game, the physical mechanics of the game? So um, uh, one of the things that came up as we were playing was that second edition comes with its base kit uh, with a number of upgraded components that did not exist at the beginning of first edition. And I think that they added a ton to the game. Um, first off, being able to have something really substantial and physical that was easy to interact with where everything clearly had a place, it made it a lot easier to be able to understand what was going on as a new player, but it also felt nice because I felt like there was, to use your word, a degree of manipulation of what was going on. Decisions were being made that were being physically set in front of me, and that felt really good. Um, on the opposite uh, side, you know, being able to swap from one scenario to the next didn't take a really long time, which also felt good. Uh, it doesn't seem like the setup for the game is going to be egregious if you have anybody who has played the game before. And even if you have a whole party of people who have never played, choosing an easier scenario to get things going until you understand the mechanics probably will do more than enough to be able to keep it in the realm of, of reasonable understanding. Um, in terms of just approachability and player interaction, mechanic, mechanical manipulation, and the ability to be able to comprehend what's going on, this is a very, very strong game. Um, I would give it a 12. Nice. Nice. Dan, what, what, where do you stand on the physical mechanics of the game? Zero to I 13. Yeah, I mean the physical mechanics um, is it's definitely strong. It's as far as how you level up your character, how you build your character, really simple. It doesn't take a lot uh, to figure that out. Uh, you have your character sheet, you have your abilities, and you know when to, when you get to select those, and you get to look at okay, do I want this ability or this ability when you go up? You know, unless you're super Molotov spy Alton. You know, you only get to the red once. Um, but uh, I don't know what your problem is. It's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but that's the thing is, even though you have, you can play the same character and have different abilities next time. So that's really, that's great. The fact that, you know, when you have your weapons, it clearly defines on those weapons, your range, what dice you have to roll, what you have to hit to get a success on those die roll and how much damage is dealt. And you know exactly how much damage each zombie can take before it dies and what the abilities those zombies have. 
So it's nothing surprising. It's very simplistic, and it, but at the same time challenging. Mm-hmm. And you know how you how you maneuver around. Uh, you know you have actions, and what you do with those actions, you can attack, you can search, you can pick up a box, you can move. I mean, it's very it's really simple. And use, yeah, it's intuitive and you can use that in any combination you want with, with the exception, you can only search once per turn. You know, you can jump in a vehicle, you can use that vehicle as a weapon and go cruising around the block and smashing through zombies. It's, it's really simple and fun and it doesn't take a lot of reading and, you know, I love role-playing, but it takes a lot of work to understand kind of the minutiae and how certain abilities work and you know the first time you play it you may not do it as great as the second time you play but i feel like with zombicide you can pick it up pretty quickly after a couple turns you know how to really work this game uh to your best advantage as long as you have the right pieces of equipment that match with your your abilities so out of 13 uh man i just feel like i'm being a broken record I, i i'll say a 12 yeah, I, I think that I agree with you. The biggest thing that you that you called out is it's unintuitive to be able to say you can only search one room per turn. If it was only once per room per turn, maybe that would feel a little more intuitive, but it would change the dynamic of the game substantially. <laughs> um, yes. So you know, uh, the, it's hard to it's hard to get something perfect like that. That is true. That is true. And while they are rare, there are skills that augment that. For example, a scavenger can search any zone, not just interior zones, but they still only get one search. Other characters will get a free search action, which doesn't give them a second search. It just means that searching does not cost them anything. And then mm-hmm. there are there is the extremely rare uh, bonus item or bonus search action. Those are extremely rare. So I totally hear what you're saying, especially since many scenarios, not all, but many scenarios have this concept of you must find X or you must retrieve this thing and that, and that requires searching. Uh, all right. So now let's move on to learning curve. So learning curve wise, you, I mean, you guys got to play with someone who was experienced. You guys got to play with other, you know, this wasn't something that you played out of the box from scratch on your own. But that said, how would you rank the learning curve of this game to the best of your ability, zero to 13? Where zero is the hardest thing to learn and 13 is the easiest thing to learn. Uh, Take it away, Dan. I would say an 11. It's not very difficult. I mean, there's a little bit of challenge. I mean, I definitely would suggest reading through the rule book and kind of uh and and definitely reading through the skills the skills i think would be the thing you definitely need to to read through uh and and make the mechanics are pretty simple but knowing what the skills do i think you need to pay attention to as well as how the zombies interact uh on the board you know the the they go towards sound and how that that works and how how do they move through buildings and so on and so forth i think you definitely need to pay attention to that. So that would take a little bit of reading and understanding, uh, you know, upon cracking the box open for the first time. Uh, as far as how you play the characters, yeah, I, I think it would be really easy to do that. Uh, you know, after you spent that time learning those skills, you're good to go. I think it's really easy. You, you look at the scenario; it tells you what tiles you need to put down. Uh, you know, it tells you where to put what. 
the you know the door markers the the boxes and what what you need to do to accomplish you shuffle up the cards you put the players out you're ready to go i i disagree with dan on this one that's okay i i think you're all yes men this show would suck it's okay (laughs) yes Um, it would yes it would dan thank you boss i i actually think that dan is rating it too low I think that this is where Zombicide really shines. Not perfect still. My, my two gripes uh, with Zombicide um, from a learning to play, trying to figure things out standpoint is first, there are a lot of abilities that are keyworded, which means that I'm going to have to spend time pulling out a rule book, looking it up, And because I'm leveling up so slowly, I'm going to have to look it up multiple times because new players will forget by the time that I get back to it. Um, The only other one is uh, the noise mechanic, which was not, even though conceptually it is intuitive and once it was explained, it was understood, there is not a lot of reference to it um, in terms of ways that you can manipulate that mechanic i agree um i i wish that there was some type of reference card that uh, with my character that showed me these are the actions that you can take on your turn and that it used the symbol that they use for the markers for noise to say you can make noise as an action because that in and of its in and of itself would lead a new player to ask the question why would i want to do that which then opens up the avenue to explain the noise mechanic and that that's how zombies path, which is a very important part of the game that is not represented in very many places. Um, But again, very limited playthroughs on my part. Those two are the only things that I saw as like noticeable problems that would inhibit a first-time player from being able to take full advantage of the game and of the experience and i would give it a 12 almost almost a 13 were it not for those two things yeah i I think i think the the biggest difference is you've only played second edition first edition was a little bit more chunky not as streamlined yeah Uh, i agree with that you know if we're just looking strictly at second edition yeah i'd agree with you um going with first edition which is still out there you can still pick it up uh i think you know with the two me merging that's why i'm scoring it a little bit lower but uh it definitely definitely second edition got much better the system is more streamlined and and for the record on that note um the vast majority of the components for first edition are compatible with second edition the only thing that is significantly different between the two would be the character cards themselves whereas in first edition the character card was a a large all-inclusive card uh and that was your tray was the character card the tray that holds your inventory the tray that holds your experience and all those things uh with second edition they made that aspect more modular where you have physical trays with a character card insert and locations for your inventory and an experience tracker built in so that that particular component in first edition is not as compatible but you could still conceptually use regular character cards from first edition uh with very rare exception based on skills so most of first edition is compatible with second edition just as a heads up 
Yes. Cool. The only other warning that I would give to somebody who's looking to pick up this game for the first time is there are a lot of components, high quality components that you will love. Um, But be aware that unboxing for the first time, especially if you're picking up extra expansions or a Kickstarter edition or anything like that, plan a little bit of extra time to be able to get everything segmented out to make your play experience as easy as possible. This is not a punch and go game. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. And I'd like to weigh in on a couple of those items myself in just a moment. But before I do, I would like to, we've talked about learning curve now let's talk about overall as as a as a game to be experienced overall how would you rate your experience with zombicide or or maybe how would you rate zombicide as a game in terms of fun and overall experience zero to 13 alton go 12 um uh, again very 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 good game the few things that are holding it back are primarily going to be dependent upon the group with which I'm playing. Um, but if you have people who, a group of people who are all gamers, um, who pick up mechanics quickly, but are not interested in something super grindy and crunchy and heavy and long, I think this is a, a perfect game for that group. Um, And if you have just one or two new players who are learning the ropes and trying to see what it's like to move past risk and monopoly, I do think that this would be an excellent game to do it at a table full of supportive people who can help uh, hold their hands a little to learn the more intuitive nature of if this was the real world and you were fleeing zombies, yeah, you're going to be digging through rubble and you might not always find what you're looking for, right? Um, that that type of a leap is something that I see a lot, and I think that this game is excellent for helping people with that. Great call, Dan. Overall score for the game, overall for the experience, for the fun, zero to thirteen. Uh, definitely a twelve. I definitely it's one of my more favorite games, and that's you know that's saying quite a bit. Uh, I have a lot of games <laughs> I love playing, um, and. Yeah, Shadows of Brimstone has been one that I love playing quite a bit. It has tons of fantastic miniatures, just as like uh, Zombicide. And so I have one shelf, which is my, these are, this this is my go-to, these are my go-to games. Uh, so uh, Shadows of Brimstone is there, Imperial Assault is there, and Zombicide's there. So those are my, my three, I love playing those games. Um, now that may change because I have some other Kickstarter games that are coming, but I really doubt Zombicide will kick off that that one because it's fun. It's quick and easy. You can just go throw, you know, grab the book, look at the scenario, put it out there, and and you're going. I mean, it doesn't take long to set up. It's easy, fun, and everyone tends to enjoy it and have fun. Excellent. And because we are short on time, I'd like to weigh in on just a couple topics very briefly as sort of like a wrap up. But uh, just to kind of throw this out there, the first edition game is a great game. And, and it has all of the wonderful aspects that we've been talking about. It also has some elements that kind of drag it down a little bit. Setting up a first edition version of the game is only slightly different than second edition. And yet those small changes, those small improvements that they made to second edition end up making a big impact on setup and teardown time. Teardown time in general is still kind of high because you have lots of little pieces. And if you're like me, you you buy a, a literal 
tackle box that holds all the little pieces so you can keep everything organized. And that helps with rapid deployment or maybe I should say faster deployment when you're setting up a new scenario. But when it's time to put things away, it takes a little time and it's a little time consuming. So setup and takedown are kind of middle of the road in terms of being time consuming. But I will say that in second edition, the setup is improved with tiny but valuable and cost-saving improvements. The boards themselves have the doors, the door locations printed on them in second edition so that you know exactly where the doors are supposed to go. And scenarios with special with special situations regarding doors will show those to you. In first edition, every door is printed in the scenario, not on the tile. So you have to read very carefully and place tiny pieces. And in second edition, they made some mechanical improvements. They improved a few so that they're easier to use and even more beneficial in certain ways. But they also changed zombie spawn behaviors so that they are more challenging. They show up in higher numbers and they have a new ability called Rush in second edition, which allows the zombies to appear and then immediately take an action, which can be devastating or end the game, Dan. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> I wonder why, because I was sitting on a spawn point. <laughs> so I told you not to go over there. I said, I got the Molotov ready. Just stay out of the way. And then you're like, no, I got to be the hero. Damn the hero. But the conversation that you're hearing right now is actually the crown jewel of Zombicide, in my opinion. Zombicide is designed so that you can play it by yourself or you can play it with your friends. And while you can play it by yourself, and it's probably a fun game to do that way, I will tell you right now that is not the rewarding way to play the game. The best way to play the game, the actual reward of playing the game, is the camaraderie that you get from playing with other like-minded people or other interesting people who are on your team. Alton and Dan hit it exactly right at multiple points when they talked about the people you play with make or break the game experience in this case. Zombicide is not just a game in and of itself. The fun is not internal to the game per se. It is a facilitator of fun for the right group of people. Highly recommend that you pick up this game, that you try it, find someone who's played it before, or just based on what you've heard from tonight, maybe we can give you some pointers. Reach out to us on Discord. We'd love to tell you more about the game. If you have any questions or curiosities, try this game out. Play it with friends that you like to be around. I promise you, you will enjoy the experience because of your friends. It is a fantastic game for setting up a great time with great people. And with that, friends, that is our episode all about Zombicide Second Edition, one of the few sequels, one of the few new editions that improves upon the original. I think we're all in unanimous agreement about that. Also, I realized we didn't say this at the start of the, of the episode, but I will tell you right now that this episode was not in any way, shape, or form endorsed by Guillotine Games, Cool Mini or not, or any other of the companies involved with the creation of Zombicide. We are just gamers who love games and love talking about them. But so, hey, if they want to sponsor us and just send us tons of free... Uh zombicide stuff we won't say no yes yes if you want to be a special friend of the show come on or guillotine please reach out to us we would love to hear from you also dave filoni we're still waiting to do an episode with you all right so uh yes. thank you guys very much that is our episode dan take us out yep i mean it we that's it i mean that's really it uh great job dan way, the best way to enjoy this game is with a good group of friends so that you can laugh, you can cry, you can cheer, you can scream at one another, and then you can make fun of each other even when someone breaks the game and throws Molotov after Molotov, or you do something stupid, try to open a door, and then end up dying because you wanted to be the hero. 
you know, hey, it, it works either way. You invited me, okay? You were the one who told me to bring a Molotov to a knife fight. You're right. <laughs> I did. And then I'm the one that got stuck at a door and died. So with that said, folks, we're out of here. Dungeon crawlers, whether it's facing down hordes of zombies or safe, comfortable with a pair of earbuds listening to your favorite three gamers, tell your story, whatever may come. And whether you've gone double red or you're just stuck in yellow because your friends suck up all the experience, always remember to be epic and don't suck. Remember, the force will be with you always. 